Cool. Bro. All right. Oh, yeah. Episode three, right? Episode three. Good. We're on a roll. All right. Did we do intro music? <laughs> we will get there. <laughs> we will get there. Oh, so look. Coming at you all from our office on the road. I'm in my Ford F-350 Super Duty, baby, with the 6.7 liter turbo diesel. How you like me? <laughs> Tommy, how you like this ride? Oh, I love this thing, man. This thing's awesome. Nice, nice. So we're in here getting it done, bringing you another edition of our Racing Goons podcast. Let's go. I'm Phil. I'm Tommy. Well, thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. All right, everyone. We're still working on an intro song. So for now, here's Philippe with his version of what he believes to be the best intro of all time. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yo, okay, before we, got, uh, before we get started, we got to give a big thank you to our sponsors. Again, we want to acknowledge Andrew. Um, he's done a great job of just kind of like organizing this and getting us prepared as we embark on our podcast journey. And Tommy, you want to mention our other sponsor we have our first sponsor of the show our first real legit sponsor of the show so we have to say big thanks to lauren our friend lauren burley with linquist insurance lauren delivers the best coverage for your business home auto and life insurance policies and i personally have recently made the switch for my detailing and ceramic coating business as well as my life insurance policy and uh, lauren was able to give us amazing coverage competitive price and uh, does a great job explaining everything clearly so we can understand what benefits we're getting. So you can reach Lauren on her website at laurenannapolis.com. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. All right, today we're going to talk about the upcoming Belgian Grand Prix. That's actually happening this weekend. We're going to discuss the new potential driver shifts and get back on the sim racing topic. But first, let's have a quick talk about the cars. Yeah, I want to talk about cars for a bit. So, Phil, tell me about your dream car. It doesn't have to be anything... Uh, you know, like your all-time dream car, but just just a car that you would love to own or drive one day? Well, that's a complicated question, right? Because we like a lot of things. I will say this. One of the big reasons that I got into just this admiration and this love of automobiles is because of that Shelby 427 Cobra. Oh, gotta love that I one. mean, just the hips on them things. Just that, that mm. engine, that 427 Rumble was just the biggest reason that started me and it kind of like spiked my interest into just cars and just the love of cars. But if you were to ask me what would be my favorite car, a car that I would love to own. Now, again, like I said, that's a complicated question. I would have to already have owned everything that I need to basically survive. I would love to have like a Bugatti Chiron or any one of the, the variants that it has. What about you? Mm. Yeah, I like the sound of that. So for me, I've always had this dream of the Ferrari 360 Challenge Finale. It's always been like my my go-to car for something I always wanted to own. And that's been like a favorite yeah. for a really, really long time. Um, but I have to, like, the more the more these like crazy cars come out these days, I'm just like, damn, I think I need to set my sights a lot higher. <laughs> because the, the 360 obviously is nothing nothing special, but... For me, it always has been, but man, wow. honestly, we were just talking about this at lunch, the Bugatti and, and what that means, what the Bugatti means, and, and like the way that you talked about it, how like how that differs from like the Pagani, the, the yeah. Ferrari, and the, 
what I've said is what's funny is that guys love to compare like stats and stuff like that, right? So it's like, you know, well, my car gets around the corner faster than yours or my car has, you know, a gold plate up his ass or some shit like that. Like I said, you know what? Whoever is going to drive their car to the limit like a race car driver, nobody. Even though you and I are like has-beens when it comes to like driving, we're not going to take it to the level of like a Lewis Hamilton or like a Max Verstappen. We're not. So that's not something that we should brag about. So what else do you enjoy the car for then? If you're not going to take yo, it to that the shit costs five million dollars <laughs> and that shit sit heavy. It got that W16 in the back. It accelerates real hard. It just, you know, you know that you're like one of only a few people that have it. Yeah, and it looks pretty cool at the same time. Yeah. See, I. When we were talking about this at lunch and you were talking about the Bugatti and we take the Bugatti over all these other ones. Yeah. I, so, like, I personally, when you watch, like, Horatio Pagani talk about how he builds his cars and, like, the passion that goes into it. Right. That, I feel like between that and the Koenigsegg, listening to, like, Christian von Koenigsegg and Horatio Pagani, the way that those two guys talk about how they build their cars right. kind of turns me on a little bit. So that's – I would probably have to lean towards one of those – Person. Well, what did I say about the Pagani? I think it's a beautiful car. Yeah. But it's kind of like a watch you don't ever want to wear. Yeah. I would, I would have to drive it every once in a while, but it would yeah. mostly it would it would live its life in the garage. In the garage. Maybe. I'd look at it a lot though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is inspiring. I would say that, you know. And then um, the Konasek, I love the Konasek, and I love that. I love what he's doing. I love his company. I love some of the little trick things that he comes out with. Did you see that CC? What is it, the CCA50? It's like a manual transmission. It's basically to pay homage to um, his car company. Yeah. And and he turned 50 years old recently, and they're only going to sell 50 units of this. Yeah, dog. And, and they've been out for, what, 20? I think they made the first delivery on their car 20 years ago, something like that. But anyways, this is just to pay homage to himself and the company for just kind of hanging in there and being strong and being innovators um, and being the first of many innovations that we see in automotive today. So this dude, bro, he has the, the cars. It actually looks like the old CCX and it sits on a Yesco chassis, chassis and he has a manual transmission, like a manual gate transmission. And at any point in time where you're feeling lazy or you're feeling uninspired or you're in like a, you're in like traffic or some shit like that. You get to shift it over into drive and just carry on like it's nobody's business. And you go from a six-speed manual to a nine-speed automatic. A nine-speed automatic, yeah. We were just talking about this. Yeah. So he basically has nine speeds and he has two selector modes or three selector modes. He has automatic, which we talked about, which all nine gears are available. Then he has a normal driving mode, which is, I'm trying to basically depict it the way he says it. It's the second gear that's in his cachet of gears is the first gear. And then he goes all the way up to seven. That's in normal mode. But then he has something called like race mode, where first gear is actually third gear. And it goes all the way up until nine, eight, or something like that. Yeah. So, like, that's wild. First gear will be third in the cachet of gears. Second will be fourth. Then fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. Yeah technology right there yeah bro then he said and, and i was really inspired because i think we would love something like that we would love to have a car where we can kind of dibble and dabble in that manual transmission mode mm -hmm. but i think 
we wouldn't want that all the time, especially when you're trying to like cruise through the Naples streets and yeah. stuff like that. You want to keep it in the automatic, right? I, well, maybe. When I used to drive my old Volkswagen through downtown, I would I would always, I mean, that was a six-speed, and I, I loved just kind of running there in first or second, just kind of keep the R's high and, and get people looking. But I don't think you need to use that in that car. You just drive through. Everybody's looking yeah, regardless of what, like, you, what you right, sound like. Right. Well, big shout-outs to Christian uh, Van Konisag. He's really doing it. He's a leader in the automotive industry. Oh, for sure. So other cars that are kind of coming to market – the new GT3 RS, yeah, which has acto, active aerodynamics, right? So, like, think of DRS on on the Formula One cars. They have that now on the GT3 RS, which is sick, yeah, so awesome. As well as kind of the little flap that's kind of like under the yeah the front yeah. end, and, yeah, you know, directs air underneath the car. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. The designer of that car said he doesn't want any vents on that car that are not fully functional. So they put that thing to work. Yeah, so they, yeah. they put most of it to work. However, I will say this. There is one vent on that car that is not functional. But let me tell you how clever this guy is. He actually put like a little blockade in there, and it titles in German, not functional. <laughs> just Great. so, just so you know. Right. It's yeah. pretty dope. Well, if you want one, good luck. <laughs> yeah. I think you got to get your allocation early for a car like that, and they start at two twenty-five. It's yeah. like sixty-three grand more than than your traditional GT3. Yeah, I think you're going to pay more than that. If like you yeah, and I went yeah. into Porsche dealership today, and we said, you know what, get us one immediately, that guy will say, all right, you got four hundred grand. I think first thing they would say is no. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, then right. they'd ask, do you have any friends that have an allocation? Because, I mean, they're really, they're all probably spoken for for the most part right. at this point. Right. Speaking of spoken for, the Bugatti Mistral, which is kind of a variation off the Chiron, yeah. is the last of the quad turbo V W16 Bugattis. Right. Still with 1,600 horsepower, top speed 261 miles per hour. Jesus Christ. They're only building 99 of them, and they have all been sold already for $5 million a piece. That's crazy. That's crazy. Damn. I mean, and, you know, that's basically like a swan song for the Chiron because, you know, Bugatti is, is it was purchased by Remat, right? And, um, you know, they have a totally new direction that they're going to take the car, that they're going to take Bugatti. So um, I would say that that car is like a swan song. It looks a little bit like a, uh, like a, how can I say it? Like a Devo mixed with a Vitesse. I can right? see it. Yeah. You know? Um, definitely a beautiful car. I don't think I'd ever own one, but I would love to. I well, would drive the shit out of mine, too. I would drive mine if I had the money for yeah. it. Well, if anybody here got your hands on one, you know who to call. <laughs> yes. Call us, and we will drive it. We will test it for you. And Tommy will clean it for you. Make it look oh, good. Make it look good. We'll ceramic coat that thing. We'll put some PPF on there. Oh, yeah, we'll hook it up. That's executive style. All right, so Formula One. Let's go. Let's get into Formula One. Spa coming up this weekend, the Belgian GP. Um, let's start with our predictions for this weekend. Ah, man, this is going to be a tough one. This is probably going to be one of my toughest predictions because, you know, I just don't know the state of Mercedes at the moment. I don't know if the regulation shift is going to help them or hurt them. I just don't know yet. It's going to be hard. 
But if I had to make, if I had to double down right now on who I think would, let's just say, be one, two, and three, I would have to give it to both Red Bull drivers, Max number one, Sergio number two, and I would give it to a Ferrari driver, number three. So Ferrari's going to be able to hang on for a podium. They have to, bro. They They don't have have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's Phil's picks. My picks, I actually picked Leclerc to win. Mm. He had his first win here in 2019, Mm. right? It was an emotional weekend. It was the weekend that his friend, Antoine Hubert, passed away from his crash, right? So win here really can't come at a better time for for Leclerc. And Ferrari. Um, Yeah, and Ferrari. I mean, they they need it. I, I don't know that they're getting back in the fight for the championship, Either you know, either for the drivers or the constructors, right. but they need the win to get themselves back in, in good form because yeah. Mercedes is coming. Yeah, this is just such a top speed circuit, though. I think it's just going to favor. It's going to favor that Red Bull, especially yeah. behind the Orange Army. Well, I picked Leclerc for first. I picked Max for second, and and I'm just hoping that Lewis can pull a third. Yeah, I don't I don't know that that's possible, but if he's able to kind of kind of push through the field a little bit. and If he has a car that, that kind of sticks with him. I think we're both hoping he that be, he wins. He might take a third. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> shit, give him the win. I'd, I'd take a win for, for right. Lewis as well. But it's hard to bet on that, though, right? Oh, so hard. Yeah, yeah I don't know, man. I mean, we, we just had new directives and the regulations, basically amendments uh, stating that, in short, we're going to eliminate flexi flexi planks underneath the car so they have some new measurement system they have a way that they're going to measure how the cars interact um and how the cars porpoise throughout the weekend and um they're going to clamp down basically on just that flexing plank underneath the car um it's said to help uh mercedes it's said to help them will it we don't know uh, we're gonna find out real soon we will find out i can't yeah. wait for friday bro it's gonna be it's going to be fun. So points, again, we've already kind of touched on it last week, but we'll, we'll kind of refresh everyone. So Verstappen is leading 80 points. by 80 points. Massive gap to second place, which is Leclerc. Perez right there behind him, only five points back from Leclerc. Right. George Russell, Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton in sixth. Lando Norris in seventh. Ocon, Botas, and Alonso up in tenth. So still nine races to go. Looks like the battle for second, though, right? Battle for second is on, for sure. And then as far as the constructors go, I think the battle for second and the constructors is on yeah. as well. I mean, it's it's clearly it's going to be between Ferrari and Mercedes for second place. Red Bull's taking the win on this one. What has to happen for Leclerc to win this season, to win that overall World Drivers Championship this season? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> Max needs to just go on vacation for the rest of the season, I guess. I mean, there's such a long way to go. Well, there's there's a long way to go, but at the same time, there's not. I mean, there's you have, nine, I, you have nine races left. Yeah. All there's, Max has to do is get what third at most of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's not there's not much. Max can can kind of lay low and just you know let the car perform and and he can you know just not overdrive the thing and just right. kind of stay calm and and come in second and third and he can win this thing without having to push even before there's one race left I mean he can but if he pushes hard he can close this thing out really early I mean he's he's 80 points ahead 
I mean, you do the math, he can win this thing with like four races to go easily. True. Well, yeah. in order for Leclerc to win, there's a couple things that have to happen. For one, he has to like get that grace of God, right? That's number one. <laughs> and, and number two, Ferrari have to put their full support behind him. Like, there can't be these fights between Leclerc. Who's number one. So, yeah, who's number one, who's number two. It just can't be these fights. You can't do it. Um, and they can't have any more DNFs. They can't have any more, uh, um, I would say, strategy or misorganization of resources. They can't have cars that are blowing up. They have to basically maximize every race weekend from here on out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a hell of a long shot. For a team that's been struggling all year right. long. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. So Mick Schumacher, I saw, is kind of like the new talk. It's the big talk. Yeah. Is he, is he going to be able to hold his spot at Ferrari? Or, I'm sorry, Haas? Is he going to stick around at Haas? Are they going to drop him? Is he going to leave? Is he going to go to Alpine? I know Alpine is kind of hunting for him. But what's what's the move? What's the right move for him? Well, <laughs> I don't know, a break of silence, because this looks like the end of Daniel Ricciardo's career in F1. Yeah, right. I mean, that exactly. Was a, that was kind of part two of this whole thing. I know, what does this mean for Danny Rick? If Mick goes to Alpine, does Ricardo still have a drive available? Because he's kind of running out of options. I honestly think he's running out of so many options. Uh, from what it looks like, Mick has already had advanced conversations with Alpine, uh, Alpine over yeah. uh, the 2023 seed and then on. But um, is he is he getting pushed out of Haas for underperforming? Because he's had some pretty decent performances this year. But Gunther basically said, like, Mick needs to score more points if he wants to secure his place at Haas. Yeah, well, you know, you can look at it. Look at it like that from that perspective. However, I think he just wants to build his resume. I mean, yeah. I think he basically is committed to the fact that Haas is never going to be a podium contender. So is, is he moving to Alpine to possibly, you know, shoot for wins and shoot for... Yeah. Okay. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Um, but it, but I still feel like ultimately Mick wants to go to Ferrari. Like that's That's got to be his dream is to get to Ferrari. Or is it just to be an F1 driver, period? might be just to be an F1 driver, period, yeah. and, and win on his own terms, mm-hmm. not in the shadow of his father. Yeah. And I can understand that completely. Yeah. I think I'd like to see him go to Ferrari just for the... The namesake? Just, yeah. Yeah, seeing seeing Mick at Ferrari would mean, would mean a lot. I think it would mean a lot to Formula One, period. Will it, though? Do you think so? I mean, it would mean a lot to us. Known, right? It, it yeah, would mean a lot to true. us, but... but if you look at Formula One in its current form, I don't even think a lot of these new people, new fans, know who Michael Schumacher is or the significance that he's had on the sport. Yeah, that's true, too. I just don't think so. So I don't know. I don't think it would be a, as big of a blow to the F1 community as, as most people write it off to be. Um, I just think that he, as a son, it's hard to live in his father's shadow. His father, 91 race win. You know, uh, a seven-time world driver's champion. I mean, he was F1 for a long, long time. 
a lot of a lot is expected from uh, Mick. I guess I kind of like that that idea of him kind of building his own name yeah. in F one rather than yeah. just trying to follow in his father's footsteps. Yeah. So that's cool. That's kind of like something you can admire right. if that's the move that he decides to make. But then who's going to fill that hot seat? Man, that's a good question because there's they they're testing. <laughs> As Antonio. far as like what seats are available, yeah, right. Well, they're Antonio testing. Antonio Giovinazzi is coming back. To he's test. he's going to do Monza and he's going to do Coda mm-hmm. and FP ones. Yep. So right there, that's telling me that they already have their mind made but up. Just, I mean, there are still a lot of seats available. There's like a lot of second seats available, right? And you have. I just for, for next year. There's you have Alpha, Alpha Romeo is available one seat. Like nobody's locked in there for the second spot, and Alpha Tori. So you don't think the show was coming back? He's not signed yet. He did a great job this year. I think he's coming back. But as far as like what teams are completely locked down at this point, there's a seat open at Alpha. There's a seat open at Alpha Tori. There's a seat open at Alpine, which you're talking about, Mick. Um, there's still a seat open at Aston, although it would be a really big surprise if Lance Stroll was not locked in there. Because he'll be alongside Alonzo, no, no question. Um, and then, of course, Haas and Williams. So they're still, like, working on negotiations. The silly season is here. It's been fun to watch, but I'm sure there's, like, more answers coming, possibly this week. If Daniel Rick is willing to take a pay cut to drive at Williams, I think that's his next best option. I think that's his only chance at staying yeah. in Formula One. Well, you're looking you know, at, if that is his, if that's yeah. his goal is just to like stay in F1, you kind of have to take what you get. Yeah. But you're looking at a guy that made $20 million, right? He's going to go to Williams and that best, what, make $3 million? Yeah, maybe so. But does he want to still be an F1 driver? <laughs> we'll see. Because, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, he hasn't been able to put up the type of drives that everybody was expecting. Yeah. Which is not a surprise to you and I. But it's a surprise to a lot of people. It seems to be a surprise to a lot of people. Right. It seems to be a, a surprise to like all these teams that are kind of like, oh, Danny Rick is like one of the greatest, but but we've seen him struggle for years. That Red Bull chassis is just different. It's just such a good car. It's such a good team that hides a lot of the flaws in these drivers. But it's either it hides the flaws in the drivers, or it just kind of like shows how good they are when they're in a car that fits a top them. car. You know, right. maybe that car really suited right. Daniel Ricciardo. Right. And then they started taking that away from him and building it towards Max. Right. And they were like, oh, you no longer fit into this car anymore. This is true. Or He's not a he bad driver. Kind of, no. He got two podiums with Renault, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a bad driver. All right, well, let's talk sim racing. Oh, boy. Let's get back over to sim racing. Philippe's been racing on iRacing a lot this past week. Yes. And I've heard a lot of, like, I love, I, I hate, I, no? I, wait, I love it. No, I. No, I hate it. I, I hate this damn... No, I, I love it. Yeah. So what is it? Ah, oh, man. Tell about your... Like, talk about your recent races. Yo, listen. Like, the clean or the dirty... Uh, I went into this week with 2,179 I racing points, which is okay. That's a, a decent amount of points. It can occasionally put me in the top split. That means the best drivers uh, in that particular time slot. Uh, and I will say this. Over the week, I have lost 450 iRacing points. Ooh. <laughs> yes, yo. Yo. You know. And, and why is this down to, like, people driving dirty around you? Or is this down yeah, to, like... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. I think, um, let me, let me self-deprecate. I think I am very quick on the track, 
if you look at some of the top guys, the top guys are running, you know, 38 highs, 39 lows, and I'm running 39 fives. So I'm, I'm kind of like right in there with some of the top guys, like the lower end of the top tier guys. I would say I'm right in there with them. Uh, but these guys, I don't know, man. They, they race like they just don't give a damn, you know what I mean? It's like they have points to spare. You know, whereas my mindset is on, hey, I want to gain more iRacing points, so I'm racing a little bit safer. I'm trying to be a little bit more cautious, where these guys, they're just attacking at any chance that they can get. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's the problem. So that was one thing that I wanted to ask. is like accident avoidance in real-life racing versus sim racing. Because in real life, you have a situation where you're going three wide into a corner and you know like, how you need to approach that corner. If right. there's three people going into it, you need to be extremely cautious. Right. Whereas in a, you know, a video game, essentially, you, you can just crash into each other and it's right. no big deal. You know, okay, you're out of the race, but no harm done, really. You just lose some points and you get back in and you keep on going. Um, Absolutely. You know, if- so obviously, the consequences are completely different. Well, we're at the Hockenheim ring, right? And and I had a corner. I showed you guys, mm-hmm. you know, that corner that I was going into. You know what, though? Looking back, 2020, hindsight 2020, I should have just backed out. You could have backed out. There might have been an incident between the other two. Right. Right? And, right. And you could have gained two positions right, right there without having to worry about, you know, being in the middle of a sandwich. Um, One of the reasons why I didn't back out, though, is because I didn't want the car behind me to get the move on me and get the mm-hmm. run down that long straight. Well, it's not a long straight, but it's a reasonably long straight. Yeah, it's that, like, unwillingness to kind of give in. You don't yeah. want... Also, all of these drivers, when you start getting to the top level, you race with them over and over, mm-hmm. and they start to recognize your your weaknesses. Right. And see, like, oh, okay, all I have to do is kind of send it a little bit right here because that's right. I know that driver that is going to... will back out. And you know what? And that's right because, kind of go back to your point, it's like they know that it's a video game. Mm-hmm. If you can remember how I card, I card pretty aggressive. Yeah. And I do not race aggressive in iRacing. I, I am the first to back out and try to beat him on pace mm-hmm. rather than, you know, just say, hey, let me just fight for a move. Because I don't want to lose iRacing points. Yeah. Like, it, dog, I am fucking hurt right now that I am, <laughs> that I've lost 450 iRacing points. Well, we got to make a change. What are, what are we going to do to, like... So that you don't lose 450 iRacing points in a week. Yo, that's a great you question. To, you need to gain 450 I, iRacing I points. I need to, yes. You know what? Again, I'm going to self-deprecate. I just got to race better. I am quick. That's not the problem. I just got to race better. I have to race better. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. When are you going to make it happen? I need to make it happen. I, that's not a joke either. I need to get my, <laughs> I need to get my, my PC built. I need to get myself set up and. Go have some fun on Ladies and gents, we have arguably one of the best sim racers in this country not racing at the moment. What the hell is going on? <laughs> busy. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I'm just full of excuses. Nah, he's busy. Well, all right, so what are some future races that you're going to do on iRacing? Well, we got Suzuka this week, which is actually one of my favorite tracks. Um, it's a difficult track. I've done some runs on it. Um, I was basically in the 203 mids. The top guys are going to run 202s. I think I can get there throughout the week. Um, but it's uh, with this IR04 cards, it's kind of difficult. That It's tail it's tail happy. Mm-hmm. Tail wants to come out at every corner. A lot of throttle control. A lot of throttle control. Um, and 
it's going to be a it's going to be a tough one this week. Send it. Send it. Let's go. Score some points. Yes, man. I need to. Thank God. So when are we going to start Team RGM? We'll call it Team Racing Goons Media. Bro, I think that's next. Well, for one, we need Andrew to finish our logo. <laughs> Andrew, where are you? <laughs> Two, you have to finish your your PC build. Tommy, where are you? <laughs> Three, we have to actually practice. Yeah, that's true. We got a lot of work to do if we want to be be quick as a team. The yeah, potential's yeah. there, ladies and gents. The the potential is is much there. We just got to put it together and stop making excuses. Oh man, I think we need to go and have a track day because one of our viewers' questions this week is, "Who is faster on a racetrack in real life, Tommy or Felipe?" You and you know me? what? That's never been. That's never been. That's never really been <laughs> yeah. settled. But I. Do you want me to answer that for you? I mean, viewer, like, do you know us? Do you know Tommy? <laughs> do you know Phil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm slow. No, Tommy. I oh, have man. no doubt that Tommy will wax my ass on a race course. I mean, this guy is the closest thing. Well, I we do know professional race car drivers, but I don't think I can own up to that myself. I think I have to say that because he's not in practice. Be, it would be close or it would be a little edged more towards no. Philippe. No. Yeah. No, I do think that I I do have some skill. I do think there are areas in racing where I might be a tad bit stronger than Tommy, but I think Tommy is the overall package. So look listen. I'd have to look back on um on some lap times because we took we took our friend JP's car up to New Jersey Motorsports Park. Mm-hmm. And him and I were, you know, obviously in the same car, running like 20-minute sessions up there. And I was faster than JP, but I can't remember by how much. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge margin. No, Tommy has a natural sense of car control. He, he has like this natural sense of pace, uh, which honestly, I have to work at that. I have to practice. Like I have to look at things differently. I have to maybe look at some data. I have to compare myself and what I can do uh, um, with other drivers in order to understand my advantages or disadvantages, whereas Tommy picks that up naturally. He just knows how to send it into a corner. I have to keep working on it. So, again, like I said, I will give it to you, bro. There's only one way to settle it. Yeah, who's going to give so us a race car? I was going to say, well, we, need, we need a couple race cars, and we're going to go out and have some fun. Let's let's go. Let's make it happen. Let's go. A couple spec Miatas or, or let's – nah. Let's let's just bump it up. Let's do a couple nine elevens. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's have some fun. I almost right? spun a nine eleven out in Vegas. By the way, I have a customer. Did you? Yes, bro. It was almost. Why bad. didn't you just throw some donuts, man? Have some fun and then keep on rolling. No, we yeah, were like on it was the supposed uh, to happen. We were on the Red Rock Canyon, and and if you've been there, it's like a it's a it's a trail. It's like a road to trail, you know, and it's only two lanes wide. Mm-hmm. And um, you're only supposed to go, what, 25 miles an hour, max speed, maybe 35 miles an hour. And I was fucking 70 miles an hour on that thing, trying to take a hairpin as fast as possible. Yes, that tail came out nice and easy. I stuck it. I ain't going front, but I probably shit myself. (laughs) Probably or did? (laughs) Let's ask Jewel. (laughs) Check his diaper. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I have a, uh, a customer of mine that, that's coming in. We're doing a ceramic coating and some paint protection film on his car. And it's the Tesla Model S Plaid. Yeah. And he comes in, and, and we're talking for a bit. And he goes, yeah, I really want to take it for a track day. And I'm like, 
Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I want to see, I want to see his face when he comes back to me and says, "I did my track day," and you know, let me tell you all about it. But thousand horsepower. Yeah. He's going to Summit Point. Is he Summit yeah, Point? He's going to Summit Point. He's going to run the main course. Holy shit! In his Tesla Model S Plaid, right? <laughs> I can't wait. To, I might have to go up there with him and just check it out. That's He'll be definitely be. 160 by the end of the straight through the speed traps. Flying. Yeah. If he can hook it up, if he can hook if the he last turn up right, he'll be about 150, 160 through the, through the speed trap. That's going to be fun to see. I don't know how he's going to break into that first turn. How are the Teslas on their brakes? We're going to have to check that out. They're supposed to be really good. So my buddy owns a uh, Model X, and he said, yo, even you can't spin this car out. And I couldn't. You know what? That's what this guy was saying, how, how much grip his car has mm-hmm. even in the plaid how much grip that car has um you know from a standstill and from going around corners and how well the traction control yeah. works um it just won't let you take it past its limits yeah yeah now having said that there are some tuners out there who know how to do all the little doodads when it comes to engine management and and, and engine control and they know how to take some of these little uh, limitations out so maybe we need to Get him with that person. I think we need to do that. And see what this car can yeah. really do. Well, let's let's be the ones to tell him that his car is not fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's jump into the Fantasy League real quick. We've already talked about what it is. We've already kind of told you guys this is, you know, this is a, a Formula One fantasy game, right? So you're, you're picking your F1 uh, kind of driver and team lineup, so you pick. You have all of your drivers, you pick a team, kind of battle it out based on your points for the weekend. There's points for qualifying, points for the race. But we want to see some new faces in there this week. Kind of see how things go after this Belgian GP. But we already talked about this. Loser between Philippe and I, after each race, has to do 100 push-ups and run a mile. Neither of us have been really (laughs) pushing that hard recently. So can I come in real quick? Go ahead. If you look at my wife's Instagram, I actually ran a mile because I knew we were going to do this. See, he's prepping. Yeah, but he's I prepping. ran a mile so the other day. you're prepping to lose is what so, you're doing. Yo, <laughs> I ran a mile on Friday, and I am so out of shape. My legs are still sore. Damn. I That's can't believe it. I used to be a world-class athlete. World-class. Gosh, that, life, bro. Man. Life. Old age. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, look. There's 100 push-ups and run a mile. Yeah, come on, that's easy. We can All handle right. that. I'll do that. Maybe that's not pushing it far enough. Yeah. No, that's yeah. enough. We'll see how we'll see how this first week goes with with some something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I know I could use the exercise for sure. Definitely. So, for you guys, how do you join? We'll put a link in the uh, description on this episode. You guys can jump right through there. Yeah, make it fun. Um, winner at the end of the season. We will. Re- I think we might have to take ourselves out of it, but. Winner for whatever viewer wins. Whatever viewer has the highest score. We'll hook you guys up with a Racing Goons t-shirt with the the new podcast logo and all that stuff once Andrew builds that thing out for us. Andrew, we need you. Only nine races left. Join now. And uh, let's do this thing. The cool thing about it, though, right, is you can join later on and have such a great weekend and be, like, number one. Yeah, you can you can score a lot of points. Yeah. If you nail it, yeah. 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 So everybody has a chance. Don't wait too long though. Please don't. Come on. 
right, let's wrap this thing up. All right, y'all, that's it for us. Uh, we definitely thank you for tapping into us. We thank everyone for joining us. We hope you're excited as we are for this weekend. Don't forget to watch the Belgian GP at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday. If you're like Tommy and I, you'll watch every session and even check out some of the press conferences. Can't wait for an amazing race weekend. Let's get it. Hell yeah. Let's go. So yeah, thanks to our listeners for being a part of the team. You can connect with us again on Twitter at Racing Goons, on Instagram at Racing Goons Media, and you can join our Racing Goons Grid Rival Fantasy F1 League. We already told you about that. That'll be a link in the description. And um, thanks one more time to our sponsor, Lauren. Thank you, With Linquist Insurance. You're awesome. And uh, thanks again for listening and being a part of the show. I'm Tommy. And I'm Phil. And that's it for this episode of the Racing Goons Podcast. <laughs> <Song>. <laughs>